This is Lego Football. Ecco me, you're with David Farini. Let's review that historical match day seven and all the action which ended with the big three all losing, the UEFA club competitions in review and a preview at Italy-England in the UEFA Nations League. What a massive Sunday it was in Serie A action. Napoli and Atalanta lead the league with Udinese and Lazio making up the rest of the top four. Dragovski reborn at Spezia denying Sampdoria and has Giampaolo smoked his last Samp cigar. Meret and Mario Rui spark Napoli to three points at San Siro. Milan's undefeated streak is over. 22 games. Fiorentina on the rebound through Jonathan Icone. Monza wins their first ever Serie A game. Udinese wins five consecutive now after sinking Inter. Lazio compounds Cremonese's misery. And Lecce takes advantage with success in Salernitana. Hello and welcome to Lega Football Podcast. The first time that Inter, Juventus, Milan and Roma all lose on the same day since 1955. Lega Serie A, the English page, has tweeted out the last time Inter, Juventus, Roma and Milan all lost a Serie A game in the same day. Back in February the 13th of 1955, the microchip hadn't been invented. No person had ever been in space. Personal computers didn't exist. And the European Cup, nowadays known as the UEFA Champions League, didn't exist either. I would also like to mention that Diego Maradona and Roberto Baggio still were not even born. That's how long ago it was that the big three plus Roma hadn't lost all together on the same day. And for me, the big news is Udinese continuing the top form through Andrea Sotil, five straight wins. Now over, it all started with Monza, then Fiorentina, then Roma, then Sassuolo, and now Inter Milan. Does Sotil have the squad to challenge for a European place? That's another question we could start asking. We're only seven rounds in, but uh, they are showing that they know how to play football. They scored the first goal of this Serie A season at San Siro against Milan. That's the only game that they've lost. They lie in third place. They temporarily had the league lead for a few hours before Atalanta defeated Roma at the Olimpico and then Napoli also with an away win. Udinese have matched their best ever Serie A start, 16 points in the first seven games played. The previous time was back in 2000, 2001. Barella with a really well-taken free kick. Superb stuff from the Italian midfielder who will play part of Roberto Mancini's squad in the upcoming match against England. But then that Milan Scrinia own goal in the 22nd minute made it 1-1. It looked as though we were headed for a point apiece, but Jakabiol got his goal. And then Tolge Arslan with a powerful header above. Samir Handanovic in the 93rd minute. It ended 3-1 for Lezebrete. That's five on the trot again. I will reiterate they have a plus eight goal difference. This is the fourth time since 1994-95 that Inter have lost at least three of the first seven matches of a season. Inter didn't finish in the top four in any of those seasons either. Simone Inzaghi now under real pressure. And since 2017-18, no player has scored more own goals in Serie A than Milan Skriniar. He has four. 
Let's go to the Sun City where Napoli, with a huge result, we'll talk in terms of the result here. Milan dominating for a lot of the game and Napoli finding a way through. Giroud now has scored in three consecutive league appearances for the first time in over two years. The last time he did that was back at Chelsea. Matteo Politano, he got the game's opening goal from the penalty spot and he slotted that under Magnan who dove over the top of the ball. It looked as if it would be a save and you could tell by the fans' reaction behind the goals. They thought that he had it covered. In any case, it went in. Napoli had the lead 1-0. Giroud with the equaliser. Alex Merritt, what a performance from the Napoli keeper. Also, Mario Rui was instrumental and provided that ball in to Giovanni Simeone, who had to hold the ball up, and he took two or three Milan defenders away from the 18-yard box. He then fed the ball to Mario Rui, turned, ran in towards that penalty spot. Mario Rui picking out the head of Simeone, and he picked out the bottom corner. Against no other side has Matteo Politano scored more goals in Serie A than against Milan. He's got four goals against them now, and all of them scored at the San Siro. So Napoli on top of Serie A. Milan now dropped down to fifth, even though they are equal with Lazio on the same amount of points. And we will talk about Atalanta, who share the lead with Napoli. They won away at the Stadio Olimpico against Roma. Somehow Gasparini keeps bringing through the young players, two of the three players born in 2003 to have already scored this season are Rasmus Hoyland and now Giorgio Scalvini who got the winner here. Lovely strike from outside the box to find the corner pass that Rui Patricio with this result. Atalanta stay afloat at the top of the Classifica with Napoli. Roma did come towards the end. Tammy Abraham and Eldor Shomorodov unable to find the back of the net and Jose Mourinho receiving a red card after the match. He was furious, and you know what? He wins the Moscone moment of the week for that reaction. So Napoli and Atalanta still undefeated. Udinese in third, beating Inter. Udinese with 16 points. Lazio now with 14 after their 4-0 win away at the Stadio Giovanni Zini in Cremona, beating Cremonese. Ciri Mobile scoring in the seventh minute. Then again, from the spot, he actually missed a, a sitter in this match, which would have given him his hat-trick. Milinkovic Savic rounded off a wonderful first half for the Bianco Celeste. That goal coming in first half stoppages. Pedro made it 4-0 in the 79th minute. It was one-way traffic from the beginning to the end. A real learning curve for this Cremonese side. Valeri with a bicycle kick that was saved by Providel, who's also named in this Italian squad, which we'll go into a little bit later. But Massimiliano Alvini, the Cremonese coach, now with a couple of weeks off to revitalize his squad. And Maurizio Sarri, some real confidence building after that loss against Napoli a couple of weeks ago. Lazio have three wins from their last four, apart from that atrocious performance during the week. 5-1 loss there. They've beaten Feyenoord 4-2 and also Verona 2-0 in the league 
at the Olympic or now with an away win and the next game at home to Spezia. The other talking point of Sunday was Monza. And they have their first ever win in Serie A. Silvio Berlusconi, jubilant, triumphant over the Agnellis. A 1-0 win over Juventus of all clubs. A fascinating Sunday of football that saw the big three all lose on the same day within hours of each other. Incredible stuff at the U-Power, the Brianteo just north of Milan and the goal coming from Christian Gutkier. That came 15 minutes from time. He was brought in the Danish striker with 14 goals in Serie B last season. And now he has his very first in the top division. He's got the real makings of a another Igor Proti. And before Monza, Catanzaro was the only team ever to have won their first Serie A game against Juventus. So the Minnows coming up after winning that playoff against Pisa in Serie B. They are now on the board with a win after getting their first ever point in the previous round. Now up to four points for Monza. Inspiring stuff for them and they were led up top by Caprari. Di Maria sent off in this game. Some hope now for Monza who finally get their first win. That comes off the back of a decent result last week, getting their first point in Serie A. So they go up to four points. They are above Sampdoria and Cremonese, still in the relegation zone. One point below Verona and a couple of points off Lecce and Bologna. Angel Di Maria receiving his first red card in a league game since 2017, back in April, against Nice in the Ligue 1 French League. So... Things not panning out Juve's way at the moment. Plenty of calls for Allegri to be moved on. But hey, it could be worse. You could have Giampaolo in charge, guys. So Sampdoria not looking too good with a loss at Spezia. And that went down on Saturday at the Alberto Pico. Sabiri, what a stunning goal. This is goal of the round. A dipping, swerving drive from long range. And if you don't know too much about Abdelhamid Sabiri, he's a German-born midfielder, attacking midfielder in every sense. Scored that ridiculously good goal in pre-season. This goal against Spezia is his first of this season. He scored three after coming over from Ascoli in the January window. He's becoming a cult hero in Genoa. And he actually got the winner in the Derby della Lanterna against the Grifone at the end of last season. He's also scored a goal already against Juventus and one against Fiorentina. If you haven't seen this goal, I suggest to go over to the Serie A YouTube page, click on the highlights. They've even made a dedicated video to Sabidi's goal from the weekend. And a little bit of background on him. He's played in the German Bundesliga with Paderborn and also with Huddersfield Town in the Premier League, now 25 years old and leading. He is the hope for this Sampdoria side, at least in the near future. We also have to make note of the ridiculously good performance of Dragovski in goal. He's reborn in Spezia. It was he who denied Caputo and Qualiarella and Gabbiadini towards the end of this game. Sampdoria deserved something. They simply couldn't get past the Polish goalkeeper who's come over from Fiorentina in the summer. And Spezia coming from behind in this one 
Murillo own goal in the 12th minute, just a minute after Sabidi opened the scoring and Mbala and Zola rounded it off in the 72nd minute. Spezia up to 12th place with eight points now and Sampdoria are rooted to the bottom in 20th place. The rumors floating around are that Diversa could be recalled to replace Giampaolo. They've only drawn two games and now find themselves below newly promoted sides Monza and Cremonese. Verona not doing too well. They played on Sunday afternoon against Fiorentina at the Artemio Franchi. They were never in this contest. It was all La Viola with Jonathan Icone's strike in the 13th minute, then Nico Gonzalez in the 90th. A good response from Italiano's side considering that 3-0 loss away to Istanbul. Basaksha here, a 3-0 loss to Stefano Okaka's side. Also in that Istanbul side is Lucas Bilia, former Lazio and Milan midfielder. That ends a run of eight games where Fiorentina had failed to win across all competitions. They now have the task of facing Atalanta at the Jevis Stadium once the international break is over. Gabriele Cioffi and Verona. Well, the only win they've had is over Sampdoria, 2-1 win. That was on match day five since then two two nil losses to Lazio and Fiorentina away from home and next up they have the inform the red hot Udinese that's going to take place at the Marcantonio Bentegodi I might just mention that Aiden Hrustic an Australian midfielder he made his starting debut against Fiorentina in this match but Gabriele Cioffi lots of work to do over this international break, expect to see conjecture in the media regarding Giampaolo, Alvini, Cioffi. We've already seen two coaches let go of with Bologna in 16th place and now Monza getting their first win after letting go of Stroppa. An immediate response for both Monza and Bologna. Tiago Motta now at the helm in Bologna for the Rosso Blue. There were two 1-0 victories on Saturday. It was Empoli with an away win over Bologna. So not a good start for Thiago Motta, but a relieving win for Empoli. That's the first of their campaign after drawing four times, then losing to Roma. Now they have their very first victory. They face Milan next though, who will be seething after that loss to Napoli. They may just take it out on the Tuscans. It was Filippo Bandinelli in the 75th minute that got the winner. That took place at the Dallara and a real couple of hairy, scary moments with Posh at the back, one of the central defenders for Bologna in this game. They were lucky not to lose by more. Sassuolo pinched it from Torino at the end. This is a first ever goal for Augustin Alvarez. He came on right at the end in the 86th minute. The Uruguayan, he's only 21 years old, 12 million euro signing in the summer coming from Penarol, now making his mark in the Italian top division with the winner away at the Grande Torino against Toro. And credit to Vanya Milinkovic-Savic for pulling off one of the saves of the season. So good news for Dionisi here. That result takes Sassuolo up into 11th place on nine points. They're equal with Fiorentina, one above Spezia, and it takes them to just a point from Torino. So a big opportunity missed for Ivan Juric. He had the chance to go above Crosstown rivals Juventus. They both stay on 10 points. Torino have to face Napoli at the Maradona next. Sassuolo takes on Salernitana at the Mape Stadium. But the Derby della Mole is coming in the middle of October. Torino-Juventus. 
And the only other match of this round was Salernitana Lecce and the Salentini, victorious in Salerno. Asan Cisse opened the scoring in the 43rd minute after 582 minutes of Serie A football. Lecce found themselves in the lead for the very first time. Then there was a Juan Gonzalez own goal, which made it 1-1 in the 55th, but Gabriel Strefezza in the 83rd minute for Lecce, his second goal of this season, but most importantly, Lecce's first win back in the top division. It was a tough start to the season, having to face Inter Milan. They lost that one narrowly two goals to one. They managed three draws, including an away result at Napoli. They drew it home to Monza last week, and now they have the victory over Salernitana. And now they're just one point away from Davide Nicola's side. Lecce on six points, Salernitana on seven. And with Monza and Lecce getting their wins up until this week, it was the first time in Serie A history that each of the newly promoted teams still hadn't won with six matches having been played. Now Monza and Lecce get those wins, still Cremonese searching for their first. And that is why they're at the bottom of the table with Sampdoria. Let's talk about the Italian sides in Europe. In Napoli, beside the sea, it happened on a night. And it's Napoli leading the way still with that 3-0 win away at Ibrox against Rangers. So what a start for Luciano Spalletti and Giovanni Di Lorenzo as captain taking over from the likes of Lorenzo Insigne and that leadership group that featured Dries Mertens and Kaladu Kulubeli. And now it is the Di Lorenzo era with Zielinski. They are the two most experienced players in this side along with Mario Rui. Of course, now they've also added Salvatore Sirigu, but he's still yet to play a game in the league or in European competition. And Alex Merritt has had to stand up and he has done so. What a signing Kim Min-jae has been. Romani also is leading by example from the back. So that backline four had become the rock for Napoli. It's a testament to the way that Spalletti has led through transition. Juntili also with some magnificent work in that Serie A, in that summer transfer window. It looked all doom and gloom. Some of the younger players have come through, such as Alessio Zerbin and Gaetano, back from their Serie B loan spells. And nothing to get too excited about in terms of Zerbin. He didn't exactly perform against Milan last night. He gave away a lot of balls, but this is all about building experience. He's been named in Mancini's Italian squad as well. There's five Napoli players included in this. And there's a good read on the Football Italia website where Napoli planned future for talented youngster Zedbin. It's by Apollo Hayes. It talks about that in the space of 12 months, Zedbin has gone from playing in Serie B with Frosinone to making his Champions League debut with Napoli. The winger joined Napoli back in January 2017 from AC Gozzano. Some of you may remember that club from the Junior Messias story. That's up on our Substack as well. We started with Casale, then Gozzano. So Zerbin also playing at Gozzano, and he went out on loan to Viterbese, Cesena, Provercelli, and then Frosinone. He scored nine goals in Serie B last term, and that was his first ever year in the second division. Now he's finally broken into Napoli's first team this season. He's had five appearances so far across Serie A in the Champions League, and now he's been recalled to Mancini's Italy squad. He could have been sent out on loan again as Cremonese and Sampdoria wanted Zerbin, but Spalletti chose to keep him, and he's been very good backup, especially with having Lozano out injured. Now Napoli looking 
at discussing a contract renewal with Alessio Zerbin and his entourage. They want to sign him up until 2025. Let's see if he gets a run against England this Friday night. Let's take a look at Group A of the Champions League. Napoli on top on six points, two wins from two. Seven goals scored in this, one goal conceded. They are flying at the moment on top of their group in Champions League, on top of the Italian first division. Liverpool second in this group, equal with Ajax and Napoli. Take on Ajax in their next two games, home and away. Rangers were Napoli's latest victim. That was a 3-0 win at Ibrox. Zielinski missing a couple of times from the spot. Politano finally finding the back of the net. Then it was Raspadori and Tango Indombele with his first goal. But what a story for Raspadori. Just on the back of scoring his first Serie A goal for Napoli, he's now got his first in the Champions League. So he's come full circle. Another Napoli player to be called up to the Italy squad. Let's turn to Inter in Group C of the Champions League, defeating Victoria Pilsen, Edin Dzeko in the 20th minute, then Dumfries in the 70th. It was a 2-0 win away against the Czech Liga leaders. But Inter now losing their third match in their last five with that 3-1 loss away at Udine. But the three points in Group C takes them to equal second place with Barcelona. However, they are in third position on goal difference. As soon as this international break is over, a home match against Roma in the league. Then comes Barcelona at home in the Champions League. And that will be their defining moment, possibly Simone Inzaghi's for this season. A loss at home to Barcelona could signal the end that the only sides that they've beaten in the league are Lecce, Spezia, Cremonese and Torino. And even that win at home against Torino came at the very death. Torino with plenty of opportunities to take something from that game. But the positives are the first win in the Champions League for Inter. Let's go to Group E where Milan now lead after defeating after defeating Dinamo Zagreb. That was a 3-1 win at home at the San Siro. Giroud from the penalty spot in the 45th. Salamakers in the 47th. Then Pobega. Big moment for him. The Italian youngster now also called up for Italy. It was a landmark moment for him because that's his first goal in Rossoneri colors. Orsic with the goal for the Croatian side. Milan on four points, leading that group with Dinamo Zagreb in second. Salzburg in third on two points. And Chelsea struggling down the bottom on one point. Now we'll move to Group H where Juventus, well, it's not all bad news. They're third in this group despite losing their two opening games. Those losses coming against PSG and Benfica. But since that 2-0 win over Spezia, Juventus are now five without victory. In those five games, there's only been two draws against Fiorentina away and at home to Salernitana. They've lost to PSG 2-1 away. They've lost now at home to Benfica 2-1. And Arik Milik put Juve in the lead in the fourth minute. Then it was João Mario from the spot. And then David Neres and the Portuguese side took the points and took second spot in this group. Former Interista João Mario doing some damage. Minka. And a big job if Juventus are going to come back. You would think they would need to win their next two matches, which are against Israeli outfit Maccabi Haifa. So it's very doable there for Massimiliano Allegri. They do need some cohesion. And while people are criticizing the coach, 
Well, the players are out there kicking the ball. They need to make the runs. They need to get the ball in the back of the net. And they just can't rely on Arik Milik because he's the new signing. There needs to be contributions from the likes of Keane. Vlaovic needs better service, that's for sure. But 75 million euro signing, they should be counting on more from their Serbian striker. Plenty of talent across the board. Their heads do tend to drop when conceding a goal but they had this lead, Benfica came at them, Benfica won, but Juventus can still claw their way back up into the first or second spot in this group. You would think it would be Benfica they would have to target. Benfica now with two difficult games against PSG. Now let's turn to the Europa League, Group C. Real Betis lead this with six points, then Luda Goretz with three. Roma also on three, and they got their first win in this competition. That came against the Finnish club, HJK. That was at the Olympico on Thursday. Paolo Dubella with a super strike. Pellegrini also on the score sheet with Bellotti getting his first in a Roma shirt. And that's also Bellotti's first goal since August 2019 against Wolverhampton Wanderers when he scored for Torino. That was a good season in Europe for Andrea Bellotti with six goals. The other Roman club, Lazio, they had a shocking loss in Denmark against FC Mittiland. So hot and cold form for the Laziale after beating Feyenoord, then Verona, they lose away and then they turn it around with a 4-0 win in Cremona. But in this Europa League match, they were down 3-0 before Milinkovic Savic replied. Palinho, Kaba and Evander with the goals as well as Isaksen and Zviachenko. Mitiland are seventh in the Danish Superliga at the moment. Lazio's next game in the Europa League is against Sturm Graz and that will be away. And we've got one more club to talk about in terms of Europe and that is Fiorentina. An embarrassing performance to say the least as they sit in last spot in Group A of the UEFA Europa Conference League. They lost to Istanbul Basakşehir, here who lead this group on six points. Hearts are on three points. They beat Rigas FS, who Fiorentina drew with 1-1 in the first game of this group stage. There are two games coming up against the Scottish side Hearts. So can Vincenzo Italiano respond? First one is away in Edinburgh at Tynecastle Park before returning on the 13th of October at the Artemio Franchi. So a chance for them to redeem themselves. Let's move to the Italian national squad and a big, big game coming up against England on Friday night. All the talk was around some of the fringe players that were left out, but the way I see it is there's plenty of fringe players in this squad. Some fans disappointed that Roberto Mancini, considering that Italy are not playing in this World Cup, that he should be experimenting more. Well, he already has been experimenting. It's just that these names were already called up prior to the season's commencement. Wilfred Nyonto has been named in the 29-man Italy squad. He's now with Leeds. Another youngster there with Matteo Cancellieri of Lazio. Mancini persisting with him as well as Vincenzo Grifo. Alessio Zerbin of Napoli. Ciro Immobile is back. Teo Politano in good form for the Partenopei. So he's there as well as Giacomo Raspadori. And then there is West Ham striker Gianluca Scamacca. So these are the attacking weapons that Mancini has to choose from. The least of Mancini's concerns are in midfield with Barella, Cristante, Jorginho, Pellegrini, Tonali, Verratti and Tommaso Pobega now called up the Milan midfielder. This will be a really good experience for him. In terms of goalkeepers, before we get to defenders, we'll talk about the goalkeepers with Donnarumma of PSG. 
the other three, three up-and-coming goalkeepers that have been performing well this season. Ivan Provedel has taken that opportunity after coming on in the fifth minute of the first match day in Serie A for Lazio. He has kept his spot and he has been called up. Ivan Provedel, congratulations. Guglielmo Vicario for his good work at Empoli is there. And Alex Meret is back in the squad, the Napoli keeper. There were plenty of doubts about his capabilities, but has come good in the last month. And he was rock solid against AC Milan. In terms of defenders, Leonardo Bonucci is there with Francesco Acerbi, two of the defenders that got Italy over the line for the Euro 2020 trophy. Emerson Palmieri also there of that winning side with Rafa Toloi. Then there are Luis Felipe, Federico Gatti, Federico Di Marco and Alessandro Bastoni. And the surprising inclusion is Pasquale Mazzocchi of Salenitana. He's a left-sided wing-back. He's played all seven games for Salenitana so far this season. He came over in January from Venezia. He scored his first goal recently in Serie A in a 2-2 draw with Empoli. At 27 years old, a mature find for Roberto Mancini. Perhaps some eyes rolling at his inclusion, but he has been in really good form for Davide Nicola. We'll see how he goes with Roberto Mancini. He would be the last in line but behind Emerson Palmieri and Federico Di Marco on the left side of defense. Really depends on how Mancini wants to approach these games. And should Matsuki not get any game time against England on Friday, well then there is the game against Hungary the following week. So plenty of fringe players in this squad. Let's see what they can do against England at the end of this week. Forza Italia, Forza Azzurri is the rematch of the Euro 2020 final. This time it's at the San Siro. Italy currently in third place in Group 3 of the UEFA Nations League A division. England in fourth place. A potential six-pointer here for these nations as Hungary lead on seven points, Germany on six, Italy with five and England with two. So Desperate times for Gareth Southgate. Italy with the one win, two draws and one loss. England from four games, no wins, two draws and two losses. A quick look at Serie B. The results on the weekend, Brescia won Benevento nil. That took place on Friday night. Ascoli won Parma three. Cagliari nil, Bari one. Como three, Spal three. A six goal thriller there in Como. Frosinone won Palermo nil. Regina 3, Cittadella 0, Sutirol 1, Cosenza 1, Venezia 1, Pisa 1, Genoa 1, Modena 0, and then Ternana with a 1-0 win on Sunday in the only match. That was over Perugia. Super Pippo has led Regina to the top of the table along with Brescia. They have 15 points apiece, four wins on the trot for both of these sides. Frosinone in third place along with Bari, both on 12 points. Genoa following in fifth place with 11 points. Cagliari in sixth on 10 points with, with Ternana. Parma in eighth place, so a big improvement for them. The bottom of the league is Pisa, who are able to hold Venezia to a 1-1 draw. Pisa in 20th place, Como in 19th. As we go up, it's Modena who round out the 18th spot in the relegation zone. Venezia and Perugia in the playouts. So good news for Sutirol, who have their third result in their last three games with two wins and now a draw. Things looking up for Pierpaolo Bizzoli, who is their new coach. And I'll have to mention 23-year-old Matteo Rover, who now has three goals for Sutirol in Serie B. He scored again against Cosenza on the weekend, following up on his brace against Pisa. 
And that's all we've got time for on the Lego Football Podcast. Do continue to follow us and give us some feedback on all the platforms, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or our Facebook page, our Twitter page. Get involved if you want to. We now have the international break. We have the big one between Italy and England to look forward to. To all our English fans and listeners there, good luck for this match. But Forza Azzurri, it was good to have you once again. We'll be back with more Serie RB and hopefully some Serie G action we can bring your way in the next episode. I'm David Trini, football broadcaster and your Lega Football podcast host. Ci sentiamo. This is Lega Football.